Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony Mack, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. to Sandown this weekend for part one of the Pod Blast, taking in three of the handicaps set to be run at the track on Saturday, including the big one, the Imperial Cup. We then head up to Scotland for our top, middle and bottom football tricksy battle between Ben and myself, and then we close out the Pod Blast with our best of the rest section, where I believe, Ben, you have some Cheltenham Festival uh, stats to share with us. I do indeed, Tony, so uh, stick around until the end, people. Yes, yes, excellent stuff. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, but Sandown, first on the agenda, so let's get going. First race on the on the list is the Imperial Cup Handicap Hurdle 225 at Sandown, uh, with 18 runners set to go to post over the two-mile trip. Ben, can you start us off with that one, the Imperial Cup? Yeah, generally a, a strong race on the race trends front, so I'll be looking forward to properly getting stuck into this for, for my own members later on. Um, and I've got a killer stat for this one, Tony. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A killer stat for the Imperial Cup, that is. The last 50 winners all were rated 136 or less, wore no headgear or tongue tie, and had one or two previous hurdle wins. Now, the ones that fell out with that stat, zero from 174 so strong one, a strong trends race. This uh, that killer stat we'd have actually found you twenty two of the last twenty five winners of the Imperial Cup. This uh, this year leaves us a short list of five: Zofani Bay, Mano Work, Hardy de Soil, De Jello, and uh, uh, excuse me, people, Callahan way down the bottom of the list. Um, of those, I would say Hardy de Soil would be the one that has interested me the most. Now, he won comfortably over course and distance last time out. He's only got four pounds for that win, which I think seems lenient enough. Uh, that win came on officially soft ground, but the pro form actual going descriptions, they tell me the ground was actually riding heavy, indeed, extremely heavy, the go on that day. So he will cope with the testing conditions perfectly well on Saturday. And um, I think Hardy DeSoul should still have more to offer because he's still very much unexposed as a hurdler. So he's my main one there. Tony, what have you got for us? Uh, I have a short list of Monviel, uh, Fine Casting, uh, yours as well, Kellahen, uh, ICO, and Hardy DeSoul. Um, the, uh, the pair of them uh, are. Be- Back in both each way, I think, ICO and Hardy de Soil. Um, we have, uh, they finished one and two, as you say, in the Class 2 handicap hurdle in January over course and distance. Uh, Jello uh, for Venetia Williams was a neck back in third, and then it was half a length to Dr. T. Jekyllberg, or Dr. T.J. Eckelberg. T.J. T.J. And, uh, uh, yes, so, in the uh, uh, 10-runner contest, the front four came... 23 lengths uh, ahead of the fifth place, light, lightly squeeze, and uh, and the rest of them, uh, which included uh, the um, 
a couple of, uh, well, out there with a washing, really, Palladium, Imphal, Poseidon, Tiger Voice and Band of Outlaws. Uh, that was over course and distance. Hardy Desoy beating ICO by three lengths. And I think they can both uh, hit the frame again in the Imperial Cup. 4.10, we're moving on to, Ben. Uh, Betfair Exchange Handicap Chase, uh, Class 3, over three miles. Yeah, no trends of interest for me in this one. Uh, a couple of horses of interest, though. Young Bull is the one I have had noted for a while. Uh, he's had a bit of a stop-start a couple of years due to injury. As a result of that, though, he's on a very attractive mark of 123 right now. That's £11 below his peak chase rating and £10 below the mark he finished uh, a decent third from on chase debut at Utoxer in it was October 2020. Now, that was a hot enough race that day um, as well, and I do think that is current mark of 123. I think that's well within range for him. He also holds decent form on soft or heavy at Class 3 level or less. Uh, he has four wins and three places from eight starts when meeting with those conditions, never finishing worse than third. I like that occasional first-time cheek pieces as well uh, this weekend. They may be just what he needs to help him open his chase account, so young bull. Uh, the other one that catches my eye is a run to Milan, because uh, he also has his spring conditions to shoot for. Right-handed tracks, class two level or less, and running from a mark of 132 or less. Under those conditions, he has four wins, and six places from 11 starts. The only time he finished unplaced under those conditions was when he came a half-length fourth of 11 at Utoxar back in 2018. Now, he also has strong form on right-handed tracks over and around three-mile trips. He's two wins and four places from six starts under those conditions. So, yeah, I think Rand Milanik will also be a player along with Young Bull in this race. Tony, what about you? What are you thinking? I'm in 100% total agreement, sir. We don't usually do this on a Friday morning, no. but uh, no. Run to Milan, uh, you basically said it also. We'll quickly move on. Run to Milan, uh, each way for me, decent runs on similar ground, including a win at Exeter last Friday, uh, last February, last Friday, off a £5 higher mark. And uh, Young Bull, a uh, couple of thirds on similar ground. Daryl Jacob gets on well with the nine-year-old. So very interested in Young Bull and uh, run to Milan in the uh, in the 4.10, the Betfair Exchange Handicap Chase. Uh, the, the others on my shortlist were Flowing Cadenza, Feeble and Make Me a Believer, but uh, very much in the run to Milan and Young Bull camp, Ben. Oh, on to the 4.45, uh, betting.betfair Handicap Chase, Class 3, over two miles at four furlongs, Ben. Yep, again, nothing of interest with regards to race trends for this one, but again, a few horses definitely interest me. A golden Whiskey, a horse I have notes on. Um, he has strong form under the following conditions. Class 2 or less handicaps from a handicap mark of 130 or less and running over 2 mile 3.5 to 2 mile 4.5. Under those conditions, he has 4 wins and 3 places from 7 starts. He's finished 1st or 2nd on all 7 of those starts. He gets those conditions on Saturday. Form of his second last time out at Chips, though, has worked out well. Multiple future winners and placers finishing behind him that day, and the winner went close in a viable Class 1 handicap on his next start. So, Golden Whiskey, definitely of interest to me in the 4.45, and the other one I may become interested in if the grind goes heavy, which I say there's a good chance of that happening. It's, it's bordering on it already. It's heavy on the hurdle course. It's soft, heavy in places on the chase course Friday morning. 
So the one other one that interests me is the Philip Hobbs trained Keep Wondering. Both his wins today have come in handicap chases on heavy ground. He's actually an unbeaten two from two in such races. He's also now down below his last win at Mark. So, you know, Keep Wondering very much on my radar along with Golden Whiskey. Tony. Same here again, mate. Keep wondering. Winner over a similar trip. Needs others to underperform, though, if he's to take this. But I'm, I'm really sure he can hit the frame on the uh, expected ground on Saturday. And also, uh, a, a one that you didn't mention, Zaguli, <laughs> can uh, hit the frame. Winner on soft at Lingfield off a £3 lower mark, possibly more to offer. Can give a good account at an each-way price. Zaguli, and uh, keep wondering. We're going well here, aren't we? <laughs> In the, uh, so we'll be lumping on. Keep wondering. Run to Milan, Young Bull, Hardy Desai. Uh, there's, uh-huh. ooh, there's a, a nice... Uh, um, uh, don't tempt me, don't com- tempt me. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, all right then, Ben, we're in agreement. Are we in agreement on the top, middle and bottom? <laughs> this is the one you've been waiting for. Love it. Top, middle, and bottom. Usual rules apply, gang. Uh, one pound tricksy from us both, so four pound in total. Uh, ben, an update from last week, please. Yeah, last week, well, dreadful stuff for me last week. <laughs> um, I was actually back in Scotland visiting family the past few weekends as well, so I am laying the blame firmly at their feet for distracting me from my Scottish football analysis. It was <laughs> never again will I say I expect Elgin City to win at a canter. What a <laughs> shocker. Unbelievable. My hometown. I learned a long time ago, ignore them. Useless. Anyway, last week, Tony, two winners, one loser, plus 4.16 points profit. Lovely stuff. Myself, no winners. Disgraceful. Minus four points. So an eight-point swing. Running totals are now, Tony, Mm. plus 33.27. Myself, plus 55.56. The gap is closing. So... (laughs) Where are we at this week? I will start us off. Uh, top championship, Partick Thistle to beat Morton for me at 6-4. to four. Partick has started to pick up again after sacking Ian McCall. I'm beating in four, winning three of them. So I'll take them to continue that form here against Morton. Partick Thistle for me. Middle, uh, Scottish first. Now, Clyde to beat Queen of the South at 11-4. I actually don't think Clyde have been playing as bad as the bare form figures suggest. There's often not much in the results at full time. There hasn't been much between these two sides in recent meetings either. So I'm taking a bit of a swing and I'm going to go for Clyde to hopefully sneak a result in this one. And at the bottom, Scottish second... Dumbarton oh. to be for a 21 to 20. Now, I thought Division 2 looked tough this weekend, Tony, so I've jumped back on the Dumbarton train once again. <laughs> Bar the blip against Elgin. How they got beat at Elgin at home, I don't know, but Dumbarton have been rock solid at home in the league. Uh, Forfar have been struggling to put opponents away on recent starts, so I'm going to stick with a mighty Dumbarton from our bottom selection. So, Partick. Clyde and Dumbarton for me, Tony. What odds, ag- you got? odds against Dumbarton. Odds Blimey. against. Always spells what trouble. What is going on? Uh, championship for me, uh, Morton. I've got the same game, Partick Thistle and Morton. Uh, I've got a draw. Oof. Got a draw, Ben. At, uh, at 12 to 5. Uh, League 1, uh, we have uh, Queen of the South away at Clyde. I'm Oof. going for Queen of the South. Uh, odds on. Uh, and so uh, we're a bit of uh, disagreement there. 
uh, in the first two games. And we have Stenhouse Muir in League Two at home to East Five. I'm going for Stenhouse Muir at odds against in, uh, in League Two. So it's uh, Stenhouse Muir, Queen of the South, and Morton Partick Thistle draw for, for me this week. And uh, we close out this week's show with the best of the rest. Some trend stats and pointers for the rest of Saturday's action. Ben. Yep, I am going Cheltenham, and I am oh. going something slightly different for me again. So, um, and again, given it's Cheltenham next week, if that somehow escaped your attention, then I will throw out some Cheltenham festival stats, and I'm going to look at how horses fared at the festival when running off a break of ten days or less, which obviously would include horses that are running this weekend. Yeah. Should any of them decide to also turn up at Cheltenham, obviously. So I've gone back to 2003 and I've looked at the record of all horses who ran at the Channel Festival having run within the past 10 days. Now that's the stats tell me that 198 horses ran at the festival off a break of 10 days or less. Only five of them managed to win a 2.5% strike rate, producing a loss of over 100 points if you'd bagged them all. When in place, they were 24 from 198, which is a 12% strike rate. So there's not a lot of shout about there. It seems to be becoming trickier as well um, to win or place at a festival of a short break because since 2012, the stats are 1 from 47 in only three places. It's only Wicklow Brave when he won the 2015 County Hurdle managed to defy that stat. So it's not great stats for those quick returners at the festival. And I think I'd probably want plenty in the horse's favour if I was considering backing a quick returner at the Cheltenham Festival next week. So... Be wary, folks, of the quick returners next week, regardless of how they might perform this weekend. Mm. Two forty at Wolverhampton. Habab, uh, John, John, and Thady Gosden. It's a first-time hood angle uh, since twenty nineteen. Thirty-six percent strike rate and a fifty-one point zero eight point profit uh, from that. this. It's a, a John and Thady Gosden first-time hood uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, Winners uh, like Beatboxer, uh, Al Ruffa, Indigo Girl, Regent, Poet Alive, Mighty Ulysses, first time Hood, won at Newmarket on the Rolly Mile, uh, commissioning Trawler Man, uh, first time Hood at, uh, at Goodwood, uh, winning uh, at 6-1, first time Hood there. And uh, also Emily Upjohn was the last winner for the uh, the training pair, first of 14, um, at, uh, at Ascot in October, Emily Upjohn winning in a first time hood, three to one favourite. Habab runs tomorrow night, and we've got uh, since, as I say, since 2019, a 36% strike rate. Uh, three from eight in 2021, six from 13 in 2022. This is the first qualifier of the year, first qualifier of the year, Habab in the 240 at Wolverhampton. All right, many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. And if you're after some Cheltenham trends and pointers, make sure you give a listen to our latest festival pod blasts, 11 killer stats for the 2023 Cheltenham Festival and what we did this week, uh, nine killer stats for the Cheltenham Festival handicaps. Uh, Links to both of those episodes are in the description section of this episode, so you will uh, also get the links on on both of our Twitter feeds, which will be coming a little later on. Until next week, it's thanks from Ben, and good luck for the Cheltenham Festival. And you, Tony. Best of luck. And a big thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll